Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Offensive line is an even bigger question mark and issue than we thought. It is hard for me to comprehend, guys. You know, we knew coming in, right? And I look back this morning, actually. When we do our position unit preview series and, and we hand out grades and stuff like that, you know, it's it's always funny to go back and look and see, you know, there's some people that think I'm just being mean and I'm a jaded Gamecock fan or he's a Clemson fan in disguise or he's this. Look at that slap dick handing out that grade or this grade, what have you. And you know, guys, I, I don't want to be right in those situations. I don't want to be right in those scenarios. But we talked about it over the course of the offseason. And it's something I'll never understand why South Carolina's coaching staff thought this was going to work. An offensive line that returned 50 less starts from a season ago. You lost your center in Eric Douglas, an all-SEC guy in Jovan Gwynn, and Dylan Wanham, one of your starting tackles as well. You then lose Jalen Nichols, your best offensive lineman, in the spring game. And you go out and you add transfers from Western Illinois, Mercer, Yale, and Charlotte. And you thought plugging those guys in, FCS bodies, to play a grown man game at the SEC level was going to work. We all had high hopes that, you know, that unit could gel and and Lonnie Teasley could get this group ready to play. And, and so coming into week one, guys, and it's crazy. What did I say all last week? That, you know, UNC, they don't have the bodies up front to expose South Carolina's weakness, their deficiency, which is that offensive line and the defensive line as well. UNC doesn't have the, the caliber of bodies you'll face in the SEC to, to, to expose that weakness and make like, like life tough on South Carolina in the trenches. And sure enough, exactly that happened. I, I mean, it is, it is hard to fathom what we watched from the offensive line. Nine total sacks. Just 11 Rushing yards, minus two rushing yards. If you factor in the sacks, guys. 
Spencer Rattler running for his life the entire game. Your leading rusher to Kebrion Joyner, 12 carries for 23 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. With sacks, guys, as a team, you averaged negative rushing yards per carry. We knew the offensive line was more than likely an issue coming in. It's a major problem. I, I mean, it, it's and and none of the takes that I have, guys, none of the takeaways, none of the none of the commentary I have is me trying to be an overreaction, you know, reactionary, be over the top after week one. But I just don't know where the answers come from on the offensive front. I, I do not know where you go, guys, because you look down that roster. I mean, there's no all-SEC player waiting in the wings. The only thing you can really do, you can try to shuffle some guys around. But, guys, it wasn't even just guys like Sidney Fugar who look like they don't belong at this level. Flat out. You had guys on that offensive front, Jackson Hughes, Fugar. They did not – they don't like they belong on this level. They don't look like they belong playing SEC football. I mean, heck, you had a guy, even Tyshawn Wanamaker, who's been on campus for years, who was getting beat like a rented mule. Who do you go to, though? Where are the answers for this offensive line? Is it Marquis Anderson, a true freshman? Is it Big Tree Babalade, a true freshman? Is it Trovon Bo? I don't know where else you go, guys, because it's not like there's a bunch of fourth and fifth-year guys waiting in the wings who have played a lot of football who have been okay. Like, there's nobody in this room who's been ever worth a damn for South Carolina. So you got a bunch of guys who have been on Carolina's roster who have been terrible. Then you got a bunch of FCS-level guys. Then you got true freshmen. Where do the answers come from? And we can say scheme around the offensive line all we want, but, like, that is much easier said than done. Do you really actually think that this coaching staff was foolish enough to believe the offensive line was a strength? There, there's, there's no way they came in thinking that. And so why wouldn't you believe that you'd scheme around the offensive line in week one? I know it's one of those situations you, you don't know what you have until you see it on the field, you see it on tape, but... My goodness, my goodness. And so that's my biggest issue. You know, South, you know, teams, they make their greatest jump and improvement from week one to week two, but I don't know where the answers come from, guys, because a couple of these guys, you're asking some players on the offensive line to do things I don't know that they're capable of doing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And I will just, I will never understand. I will never understand how South Carolina was not able to go out in the portal and get some Power 5 talent on the offensive line? How were they not able to go out in the transfer portal and land some impact dudes? Because you know what? Hey, blame the offensive line. But Shane Beamer and that coaching staff, they ought to shoulder some blame too because guess what, guys? They're the ones that put that group together. They're the ones who tried to sell Gamecock Nation on, yeah, these guys from Yale and Mercer and Charlotte and Western Illinois, they'll do the trick. They put that group together, man. And so we knew coming in the offensive line, there was a good chance it was going to be another rough year, finish outside the top 100, rushing, what have you. It might be a bigger issue than we even gave it credit for. That D-plus grade I handed out about a month ago for the O-line, that feels far too courteous. And moving forward, I just don't know where the answers come from. At this point, it almost feels as if, you know what? You might have some young guys who are supremely talented, Maybe they're not ready to play. They're true freshmen. I'd rather roll with those guys and live through the growing pains than watch these FCS-level scrubs get their tails beat in week in and week out because that's what's most likely going to happen. So what difference does it make? Develop the guys you worked so hard to recruit in the Great Wall of Carolina and, and tell these FCS scrubs, hit the portal. Hit the portal. Be gone. Guys, something else that jumped out to me on Saturday night on a positive note was Xavier Legat on the outside. You know, we had questions about, okay, he's catching a lot of preseason hype. Is he going to finally live up to it? You know, Xavier Legat, we've done this song and dance before, and for whatever reason, it's just never really clicked. And with the injury to Juice Wells, of course, as we all know, went out the second half, the foot injury that we all knew he had, that Shane Beamer downplayed for weeks. We all knew it was a problem. Probably shouldn't have played against UNC. Went anyways, whatever. He goes out in the second half. The emergence of Xavier Leggett in that ball game was certainly one of the greatest bright spots. You look at the numbers, guys, and we actually named him our week one MVP for South Carolina. Nine catches for 178 yards. And the thing... That was the most encouraging to me, guys, is seeing him 
make those contested catches, turning 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls, right? High point the football. Go up over UNC's defensive backs and make things happen. If, and this is a huge if, if South Carolina can get any semblance of blocking at any point this season, they've got some nice weapons on the outside. You think about Juice Wells returning. That's a nice one-two punch with Juice Wells and Xavier Leggett. After a preseason full of question marks and just questioning, is he actually going to live up to the hype? You know, I think it's safe to say Xavier Leggett has legitimately emerged as your wide receiver too. There is no debate. There is no question. That dude is a playmaker. It, It just looks like, and this was the hope, right? This is what we had our fingers crossed for, that, It was almost like that Texas A&M kickoff return last year. The light bulb just turned on for Xavier Leggett. It was like it just something clicked. And you hear about this, guys, believe it or not, in the corporate world and and anytime you're doing anything, right, there's always for all of us, there's this, this light bulb moment. For some people, it's repetition number one. For some people, it's repetition 100, repetition 1,000. For some people, it's repetition 10,000. For some people, it never comes. But I think that light bulb moment was Texas A&M last year for Xavier Leggett. It was just like after that, this dude's confidence through the roof. And maybe that's all it took because we've always felt like the talent was there, but something was missing. And maybe it was that Texas A&M game that now all of a sudden Xavier Leggett has come into his own. And I think after seeing what we saw against UNC Saturday night, he has absolutely this team's wide receiver two, and can serve, by the way, as a nice option at wide receiver one if Juice Wells is out for an extended period of time. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the GameTime app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. GameTime is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets 
They're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at game time. Go download the game time app or go to gametime.co. And when you do create an account and use promo code spurs up, that's S P or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. To the defensive side, we go, guys. Another big takeaway for me. Line of scrimmage is the theme from Saturday night's game. You look at what North Carolina did on the ground. 168 total rushing yards. What was more disturbing, though, was this. In the midst of a game in which North Carolina accumulated nine sacks, South Carolina mustered up a grand total of zero. Goose egg. Zero sacks. Guys, North Carolina, they couldn't protect Drake May last year. That dude was running for his life at times. And I can think of maybe two to three scenarios in which Drake May was throwing on the run, having to get outside of the pocket. But for most of that ball game, it was seven on seven. For most of that ball game, Drake May was taking his drop, his first read, his second read. Hell, he could have looked at his third, his fourth, his fifth, ordered a pizza, ate a sandwich. Whatever he wanted to do, he could do it. Playing seven on seven. And you saw South Carolina pay. I don't give a damn how good your secondary is. If you can't get pressure on an opposing quarterback, and and we talked about that being one of the keys to the game, guys. And this was something I did not want to say in the preseason because what do you gain from it, right? Being, I guess, this brutally honest. And maybe the addition, the return of a Jatias gear helps this. But I'll just never forget, guys, you know, South Carolina 2013, they have this great defensive line with Jadavion Clowney and a host of others, right? And I'll never forget, it was actually the 2012 East Carolina game I was at. Long time ago, right? And South Carolina put their twos in on the defensive front. And you're thinking to yourself, man, these guys are just not very good. Like, I don't know what's going on, but thank goodness we have our starters, right? Fast forward to 2014. South Carolina had not recruited. They had not done what they needed to do. We all saw that historically bad year for the defense, and the defensive front was terrible. You look at 2015, same thing, right? It just bodies that you look back at and you say, man, those guys were not SEC ball players." I like Tonka Hemingway. I like Boogie Huntley at times. I, I think Jordan Strawn is you know, a, a a capable player, right? This defensive front to me is 2014-2015 level bad. I this, 20, this, this defensive front reminds me so much of those defensive fronts, man, where it's like Jordan Strong is your one guy off the edge and everybody else is just sort of out there. Like, 
I'm sorry, guys, but you know what? I'm not. Because guess what? These players are getting paid NIL, boo-hoo, cry me a river if you don't like it. When you're starting a guy like Brian Thomas Jr. on the edge, a spring game star is what that dude was. He ain't an SEC-level body, man. I, like, that to me is screaming to me like, uh-oh. Like, we're in trouble. We're, we're in some serious trouble. And I don't want to overreact to one game. But UNC's offensive line, guys, they weren't good last year. Have they made major strides? Maybe that'll be the case. Maybe maybe UNC's offensive and defensive lines, they turn out to be some of the best in college football. But based off what we knew coming in, I think South Carolina's defensive front, they've got major issues, man. They've got major, major, major issues. And it reminds me of those 2014 and 2015 groups that couldn't stop anybody, that, that, that could not generate a pass rush, that, that didn't even look the part of SEC-level football players. Until we see different guys, we talked about it again all offseason. Edge was a problem. Edge is a problem. There's no depth at edge. There's no quality depth at edge. What are we going to do with edge? You went and picked up Jatias Gear. Outside of that, who'd you go get? Tuazama from UAB, he played a little bit. I just, it's similar to the offensive line. I don't know where the, where, where, where the answers come from. Maybe a guy like Desmond Umiazulu, who I don't know where he was in that game. But this defensive front, guys, I see another outside of the top 100 and rush defense and really lackluster pass rush incoming. I, I mean, because you're going to face O-lines that are a lot better than North Carolina's. You You are. And I just, I look at this group and, I, I don't know. It, it, it was bad. I mean, it was just bad. It was bad, man. It was bad. And I think it's 2014-15 level bad. I, I think it's that bad. So, I, while I think South Carolina's linebackers, maybe they've taken a step forward. It's, it's really unfortunate, the injury to Mo Caba and probably going to be out for the year again, which is, again, it's just such a massive blow to that group and the expectations of the linebacker room. Maybe the defensive front took a step back. As we talked about in the offseason, hey, you lost Zach Pickens, you lost Jordan Birch from a group that did what it did last year. I don't think at the tackles you added anybody. On the edge, you added gear and you added to Azama. But, like, did you really replace the production that you lost? Game one would tell us no. Sticking with the defensive side, guys, and the big takeaway for me and a positive – Speaking of the linebackers, Debo Williams, I think that kid is going to be a force this season. We, we talked about in the offseason the comments he made about being a smart football player and, and playing with instinct and, and knowing what an opposing offense is doing. And I think you saw that. I think Debo Williams, I don't think he's the most talented guy on the football field. I, I don't think he is. Nobody's, nobody's saying he's Harold Perkins of South Carolina, but this dude plays like a veteran. I know many people have compared him to Shaq Wilson he plays with that veteran presence. He plays that edge. There's going to be a lot more on his plate now. Now that Mo Kaba, it seems, is out for the remainder of the season is just what it sounds like. They are saying at least going to be out for some significant time. Had that big hit, obviously, in that game. A guy who plays downhill. He loves contact. He embraces it, plays the great energy. 
I think Devo Williams is going to be a force for South Carolina. I think he's going to be a nice story when it's all said and done. A guy that, you know, again, came from Delaware and, and over the last couple of years developed and really emerged at that position. So if you're looking for a bright spot, you know, on that defensive side, and I'll say this too, by the way, guys, I, I didn't even have this in my takeaways, but the secondary and the play of the secondary, you know, they made big plays down the stretch to keep South Carolina in this football game. I think that's something that you knew. You know, we knew the secondary was a positive. Um, you know, I, I put the success of Drake May more on the defensive front because you give him time to throw. They've got weapons, guys. You know, I, I, I'm not someone that that comes here on this show Monday. Let me tell you about all the reasons I was right and you guys are wrong. How dare you question me? Because I get plenty of picks and predictions and things I say wrong as well, guys. But I was sort of sitting there laughing during that game on Saturday night when, you know, people were just losing their minds over me talking about the the, the North Carolina tight ends and how good they were. And, I mean, UNC's tight ends made plays all night. Right, They got weapons all over the field. And so we knew the secondary was going to be a strength, and, and, and you know that, that's going to be something, if you can generate any sort of pass rush, they're going to flourish. But Debo Williams, specifically in the middle of that defense, back to what I was saying, I, I think he's going to be a big-time impact guy this year. And I think he was a bright, shining spot from the performance on Saturday on the defensive side of the football. Finally, guys, my final takeaway from this ball game. Spencer Rattler, did I save the best for last? Spencer Rattler's poise, his decision-making, I thought it was very impressive, guys, especially all things considered. He had no run he had no run game to help him. He had no pass protection. And I'll say this, and this will be an unpopular take, unpopular opinion amongst the Incock Nation, and it's taken another, nothing away from Rattler, right? I, I'm not even worried about, like, the final stats, because I think a lot of those stats, guys, UNC was playing very soft in defense. And so, but I loved what I saw in regards to decision making. That's what jumped out to me more than anything was the decision making of Spencer Rattler protecting the football. I, I didn't see him really put it in harm's way all that much, right? I mean, he threw a couple of jump balls that, you know, again, very good throws, let his receiver, Xavier Leggett, go high point the football. And I think all in all, he did not put South Carolina in any positions or many positions at all to where, you know, it was a it, it was a a dangerous type of position. And unfortunately, I think he's going to have to do that a lot this year. I, we talked about guys. One of my greatest fears of the offense was when South Carolina gets one dimensional, what are they going to do? And you saw exactly that. You, you you saw exactly that play out on Saturday night. That's not going to be the last time that South Carolina can't run the football. That's not going to be the last time they can't protect Spencer Rattler. That offensive line ain't going nowhere. It's going to be them same five guys that probably trot out and try to block Furman, try to block Georgia. The list goes on and on. But I loved the efficiency from Spencer Rattler. Maybe the big play wasn't there, right? Didn't have a touchdown pass in the ball game. But I loved the overall efficiency from Rattler. I loved the poise. You know, I, I think Spencer Rattler has shown at this point already he's a great leader. Uh, you heard the accountability in the postgame, what have you. And, uh, you know, he took a lot of accountability for South Carolina struggles in the red zone. Although, again, if you can't run the football, you make it that much tougher on yourself. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think it was a great start for Spencer Rattler uh, in game one of Dabble Loggins offense and to have a great season for South Carolina Again, I'm not even worried about the yards. I'm not worried about the touchdown passes. What I loved was taking care 
of the football. And I thought Spencer Rattler did a great job of that, especially, again, all things considered, when you think about a game that, you know, it was all on him to get South Carolina back in the football game. He could have started forcing the football and and, and forcing things into coverage and, and trying to play hero ball. And I was happy to see he did not do that. He stayed within himself. He went through his reads. He went through his checks. He did a great job of getting outside of the pocket and making things happen when he could. And so all in all, I think a successful debut for Spencer Rattler in the 2023 season. I, I do have one honorable mention, guys. I just went through my five takeaways or my top takeaways, if you will. I have an honorable mention here. And the honorable mention is this. I just talked Spencer Rattler. We've talked some South Carolina offense. I think it is far too early to tell on Dabble Loggins, right? What can you really take away from that? Like, like, can you really sit here and say, the only thing I'll be critical of Dabble Loggins on is I, I hate, I hate starting a game like that with a trick play. Because what that tells me, guys, is you're setting the tone for, okay, we're going to run a gimmick right out of the gate. Like, do you feel like your offense has to be gimmicky to, to beat a North Carolina defense that nobody was giving them credit? Nobody was giving UNC the, the benefit of the doubt in this one. They had some defense that had, that had taken major steps. All I heard from Gamecock Nation was how terrible UNC's defense was and was going to be. And so you think you need a gimmick out of the gate to, to expose them? That I was not a huge fan of. But outside of that, guys, and, and it's and it's something we talked about in the preseason. We mentioned this in the offseason. But it came to Dowell Loggins. He's the top storyline. Can Dowell Loggins, can they pick up where they left off end of last season and keep it rolling? And my prediction was this, guys. We're going to get to end of season. And I think folks are going to realize that was Dowell Loggins an upgrade in regards to, to play caller? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But the bigger question mark and the bigger problem, it's not the X's and O's, man. It's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. There's not an offensive coordinator in college football that could have schemed around what we saw South Carolina do in the trenches. Not a single one. Not Garrett Riley, not Kendall Bryles, not Steve Spurrier, not anybody could have schemed around that. And so I think it's far too early to cast any sort of judgment on Dabble Loggins at this point. We'll see how this thing shakes out. We get to midway point of the season. I think then you can really start to evaluate and and kind of pick apart and say, okay, what do we like about his offense? What do we dislike? Is he doing this well, that well? You know, the only other thing I'd say is that fourth and 19 play call. Bad play call. I, I don't care what you say. I know our guy Austin Gregory in the Big Cock Club Discord, he thought that was some brilliant play call. And Dabble Loggins is the best OC in the world. Terrible play call. Horrific play call. Throwing 10 yards short of the sticks. Dumb. Stupid. It made no sense. You want to say kicking the field goals, waving the white flag. Well, throwing a, a, a route 10 yards short of the sticks on fourth and 19, it's, it's waving the white flag and making yourself like a dumbass in the process. And South Carolina, unfortunately, did that all night long. They, they, they found ways to embarrass themselves on national TV. So either way, back to the point, I think it's far too early to tell on Dabble Loggins. It's far too early to tell on his play calling, his scheme, 
Let's let it play out at least halfway through the season, and then we can start to pick that thing apart and determine what type of play caller Dabble Loggins is. But all in all, guys, again, Gamecocks falling to UNC 31-17. to They've got to pick up the pieces and pick up the pieces quickly as Furman comes to town for the home opener at Williams-Brice. 